Thank you for joining us here on Power of the Cross Radio. Up next, a sermon from Pastor Farrell Wilson of the Lighthouse Church in Grenada, Mississippi. Now, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this message. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17. And whatsoever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Now go down to verse 23 through 25. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. But he who does wrong shall receive for the wrong which he has done, and there is no respect of persons. Now let's flip to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. Whether therefore you eat or drink, whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. I want to minister a few moments this morning about whosoever's doing whatsoever. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I love you, Lord. I thank you for your many blessings. As always, I need your help as I stand behind your desk to minister your word without fear nor favor, to uplift your people, Lord, to give them food for this journey in life. We ask it in Jesus' name, and we say amen. Whosoever is doing whatsoever. First, you have to know who the whosoever is. And you become a whosoever by hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this glorious gospel is for everyone. Every single human being, good or bad, is for everyone. A man once asked a preacher, why did Jesus choose G- uh, Judas Iscariot? And the pastor replied, I don't know, but I have an even harder question. Why did he choose me? We've all sinned. Romans 3 and 23 says that we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God. But you have to understand, Romans 5 and 8 says God loves every sinner. And Romans 10 and 9 and verse 10 and 13 inside of that it says that all can be saved by faith. Every single body can become a whosoever. So that's who a whosoever is, is those that accepted Christ by faith, simple childlike faith, and what he's accomplished at Calvary. To be more pointed, the Bible says that if you'll believe Jesus is the Son of God and he died and arose the third day and is at the right hand of the Father, you have faith in that belief in your heart. The Bible says you're saved despite what mankind says. You truly believe that in your heart. That's what it takes to become a whosoever. Now the gospel is a message about the whatsoevers also. Being a Christian changes our life. Then once you become a whosoever, then the whatsoevers in your life start changing. It changes the whatsoever we may do, the places we'll go. When we become a child of God, we become a citizen of heaven, and it changes our earthly responsibilities and adds to them our earthly responsibilities. Now, back in our opening text, we were looking at the world and we look at Christians as a whole, and it seems like there's bad news on every corner. And, and, and I'm, today I'm mainly focusing on Christians. It seems like a lot of Christians are unhappy, and it shouldn't be that way. And why? What is the root cause of why people are unhappy? I can tell you why they're unhappy. It's not hard to see. They're doing things that displease our Lord. When you're a Christian and you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing, 
Your life is going to be in turmoil and your soul, your spirit, you're going to be unhappy. If you're unhappy as a Christian, you really need to look and see what's going on in your life because you're going to probably find out you're doing something displeasing to the Lord. Or maybe you're keeping a part of your life to yourself you don't want the Lord in. We come to church and obviously the Lord's in the middle of that or we have our prayer time. But maybe is there, there that little bit of time that we do something else the Lord doesn't want us involved in and we leave the Lord out of. Maybe we think it's all right to go to places you know the Lord wouldn't be pleased or doing things the Lord wouldn't be pleased in and it creates a turmoil in your soul. And what that is, that is your spirit fighting with your flesh. And when you become a whosoever, your whatsoever's have to change. So let me put it another way so I don't get tongue-tied up here because it's about to happen. When I become a Christian, my life completely changes. The things I do, the places I go, all those things begin to change. And when we're seeking fellowship with those who only live for this world, your life is going to be very complex and almost miserable, and you, you stand in danger of falling back into the world. I see churches right now as a whole, uh, not any particular one denomination, just a lot of them together. They're starting to take on things aside of the church, uh, like accepting homosexuality and lesbianism. It's, it's growing at an alarming rate. It's almost unfathomable. Uh, there are several churches up north that are having, hold, get ready now, having drag queen parties inside of the church. They're letting men dressed as women. Now, they got all their fancy names for them, but I'm sorry. When I grew up, we called it transvestites or cross-dressing. And they would, they're letting them come up on stage and do their little acts and, in front of the church. And that church is going to be extremely unhappy because the Spirit of God is not going to be in there. And they keep tampering with things like that. Their salvation comes into question. And pretty soon they're going to find themselves to where it's just a social club. They may say the name of Jesus. There was actually one lady minister up in that area the other day. I'm not even, I can't say the language that she used from the pulpit. She took God's name in vain in the pulpit. And then she said Jesus in his humanity was completely wrong in one instance in the Bible. My friends, if Jesus made one mistake on this earth, I'll go ahead and shut this TV off, kill them lights, and cut the air conditioner off because we need to go home. There's no reason for me to be up here standing here and t declaring the gospel to you because if Jesus Christ made one mistake and he wasn't perfect, none of us are saved today. But I've got good news. <laughs> He didn't make a mistake. He's perfect in all his ways. And he gave us this new life that we don't have to live with the world. Friends, if I could sum this up in this little point right here, quit playing with the world. You can't keep your old friends. You can't keep all those old things you used to be doing. Those things have to change. And the result of our compromising will be this. Every victory, there's always going to be a touch of defeat. You may have some good things happen in your life or in the church, but it always seems like, you know, we just really didn't have the victory I thought we'd have. Or maybe those times of rejoicing are always tempered by remorse. Or every blessing is fl uh, flavored with sadness. 
My friends, Jesus said it well. He knew what he was saying because he was God in the flesh when he said, you can't pull up to the table with the devil and pull up to the table with God at the same time. And he said that for a reason. Because he knew what it would do to your soul. And we're living in a time people are sadly confused as Christians if they think they can continue doing the things they were doing. I know that there was a time... Major League Baseball. We all loved it. I watched baseball. Uh, I liked even the minor leagues. But you know, now that we got players coming out on the field sporting Pride Month colors and supporting homosexuality, and we're still going to those things, and we wonder why we're unhappy, we got Christians that will stand up in the church. Oh, I... Yeah, Disney's wrong for the things they're doing. And then turn right back around and see their whole family done spent $4,000 to go down there to Disney. And we wonder why we're unhappy. We're chasing after the things of the world and the money. Glenn said it well this morning about the worry every single one of us probably have about the future of money. But I can't compromise with the world because of money. I can't compromise with this ministry because of money. They had, during the pandemic, shut your church down and we'll give you money from the government. We didn't court to that. We didn't go along with the world, and we're still open. You know why? Because God has kept us open. God has brought people to help us, and you're sitting here today, and other people outside the four walls has brought people in to help us. They told us we wasn't going to make it. Now the churches that shut down and compromised and took the little bit of uh, scraps the government threw them, now they can't even keep their church doors open. Why? Because that victory they thought they had had the defeat really underlying it. That time of rejoicing, it, it was remorse for the things they had done. There should be no division of the sacred and secular for us. You have to choose the sacred things of God or choose the secular things of the world. You have to make a choice, my friends. You can't stay on one side of the fence or the other. Matter of fact, the last church that Jesus addressed, the last day church, the Laodicean church, he said, you're trying to be hot. No, you're neither hot nor you're neither cold. You're lukewarm. You're trying to stay in the middle and he said, I'm going to vomit that church out of my mouth. I use the word vomit because that's what it means. The word in the uh, King James is spew. And in our, today, in our language, it means to vomit out your mouth is what it means. And, but what might surprise you, though, is the word hot or cold. Maybe some to disagree with me, but I took a lot of time to research this after I'd heard one preacher uh, minister upon this subject and I, I, I agree with him they the word cold with her for years was maybe meaning indifferent but what it actually means is this John in the area he was in these people understood uh, water systems more than we understand I hope I'm saying this right they would take water in out of the mountains in this area and they would bring it into their cities through a very complex aqueduct system. And they actually could heat their water at that time. They could, they could make it hot. And they had cold, refreshing water. And that's what Jesus uh, was saying to the church. You're neither hot. You're not soothing to people. Or you're not 
cold. You're not, re, you're not bringing any refreshing. You know what it's like on a hot summer day to take a cold drink of water. It's refreshing to you. You know what it's like after you've had a hard day work. You've got them old bones aching. You get off of that hot water. It feels good. And Jesus said, your church is none of those. And you're trying to stay in the middle. You're trying to hang on to the things of the world. You said you had a lot of money. And you're rich and increased with goods. And you don't have no need of me. And therefore, I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Something else as you continue on to read about the Laodicean church. Jesus said that, he said, take this eye salve and put it on your eyes that you might see. That same area was also known for an eye salve that actually could bring a healing effect uh, to blindness in that area. Blindness was a, a, a widespread common thing in, in that time and in that area, uh, especially in the Middle East. It's almost, you could think of it almost as like cancer is to us nowadays. Every time we turn around, somebody comes up with stage four cancer. Well, in that area and during that time, blindness was very common. And people would lose their eyesight and they would come to that area and they would get that eye salve in the Laodicean area. And they would put it on their eyes and of course they couldn't see, but it would bring healing. And Jesus told them, take some of that eye salve you got. And put it on your eyes. Why? Quit seeing things through the natural. Quit depending on the world and depend on me. Lean into your spirit. Lean into Jesus Christ, the spirit of God and not the world. And Christ should be the master of all we do. We think that Jesus might be just for Sunday morning or some areas of my life. Uh, but he is the master of all. But everything you do, whether it's holding a mop or you're standing from the pulpit or you're witnessing to somebody on the job or you're just con uh, carrying on about life off in Walmart, everything you do should be for Christ and your light should shine out into this world. There's a story of a businessman that returned from France and he had bought his wife a good number of souvenirs, and one of those was a little matchbox. And he told her, he said, this matchbox, if you take it in a dark room, it will glow. And they went into a dark room and turned on all the lights, and it wasn't glowing. And his wife said, well, this must be some kind of joke. And he got upset, and he said, well, I've been tricked. And she noticed on the matchbox it had some writing in a language she didn't understand, and she carried it to somebody that knew that language. And on that box in that language it said, if you want to see me at night, keep me in the sunlight all day. And well, she did it. She let the box out in the light all day. And then that night they put it in the dark room, and lo and behold, the matchbox lit up. And the surprise husband said, what did you do? And she said, I just left it in the light all day. So it is with a Christian. We must be constantly exposed to the light of Christ to shine in this dark world. Now, in Colossians 3 and 23, the manner of whatsoever we do, the word says, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to men. Do your work willingly as though you're serving the Lord himself. We all are going to come up with things in life we don't want to do. It's not fun sometimes to take a broom and sweep. It's not fun sometimes to run a vacuum cleaner. It's not fun sometimes to clean up dishes. It's not fun sometimes to have to get around 
ungodly people and hear things we don't want to hear. We, there's just maybe no way we can get out of certain situations. But if you do the work, whatever's before you, you do it willingly as though you're serving the Lord himself. And look at this. Don't worry about who gets credit. Once again, thank you for listening to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Now, we ask you to help us keep bringing great Pentecostal messages to the world. Join us in our effort to reach the lost by supporting this ministry with a generous offering. We cannot do this unless people just like you give to help cover the costs. On the homepage at www.cross.radio, click on how you can help. There you can give by credit card, debit card, or e-check. Let the Lord bless you and use you in your giving. Now, back to the message. Don't worry about who gets credit for the work. A sign read, there's no limit to the good that a man can do if he doesn't care who gets the credit. If you don't care who gets the credit, you can enjoy all types of good deeds you do for other people. Just be glad that it's done and don't worry about who gets the credit down here because our Heavenly Father is taking account and He knows who performed the job. And in our age of social media, what should have brought us together and made us a better human race communicating has separated us, and now everybody wants to be the best. Look at me. It's all about me. I get the credit for it. That's not how the kingdom of God works. Whoever wants to be first will be the least, and whoever is the least will be the first in the kingdom of God. It's very contrary to this secular world, but that's how the kingdom of God works. And that scripture says, with a good heart. It's not out of forced necessity. I said this last weekend, and it's, it's a, kind of a tough pill to swallow for some church people. But the church, I believe it was Brother Havner that said this. For too long, the church had been trying to get, do all kinds of little tricks to get people to come to church. And pat them on the hand, oh, begging them and begging them and begging them. Where there just should be a willing heart to want to do the things of God. Do everything enthusiastically. You don't know who you're going to influence by showing up to church. I know this lady sitting right here drove all this way. I watched a few weekends ago as this church spoke to her. It makes a difference, don't it? We get this idea, oh, Lord, I just got to go to church today. Then it ought to be, Woo! Man, it's time to get up and go to church today. Amen. But too many times we get into, oh, woe is me, and I got to go. Don't have that type of attitude as a Christian. And you know if you're failing in that area, don't get mad at the preacher. Don't get mad at the Word of God. Don't get mad at God. That's the time to back up and say, Lord, help me. Help me to have that fire again in me where I love doing the things of you i love i want to go to church i want to enjoy it i put me in a place where they're preaching the word of god if you're listening to my radio come on down to the lighthouse here in grenada don't lag but lunge into every task we i boy this is where i'm probably my sho- own shoes are going to get a little warm up here i tend to something i don't want to do boy i just oh you lag in it you don't want to do it and you Draw back, next thing you know, you've wasted a whole bunch of time. Don't lag in those things. Get in, do that task. Don't drag. Dive into every responsibility you have as a Christian. Don't groan. Give full devotion to every job you have that comes along your way in this Christian kingdom. Next time you feel like complaining, if you listen to this, 
remember that our garbage disposal eats uh, better than 40% of the world. And say it one more time. Next time you want to complain, next time you think you don't have everything, remember that most of our garbage disposals eat better than 40% of the world. That says a lot about how blessed we are here in the United States. We've got everything in the world to be thankful for in this nation, and it's all because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, how to find real joy in living. Well, I've heard the bad people are depressed, and I've heard a little bit about what I can do. How can I find real joy in living? Do everything heartily for the Lord. Uh, if you assemble automobile parts or appliances or Whatever you do, work like you're doing it for God. If you're a housewife, and that's not such a bad word. I know in our today's age, and people have made some words seem like they're just so uh, horrible to say, but I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. This nation was built on housewives. It was built on good women that took the time to fix their meals for their family before they went out the door and make sure everybody's got their clothes ready to go to church and out and about in the world and doing the things that need to be done. That's hard work. My wife has served faithfully in our house for 27 years. Even to this day, she'll still take them boys and get their things done, everything they need to have before them. Ain't that right, Matthew? Matthew. <laughs> and she does it because she knows she has a family that has to go out and get things done I, I have things I have to get done for the Lord and she makes sure that she takes care of those little things for me and you think about that now she can moan and groan and complain but for me to get up here on Sunday morning I have to have clean clothes I have to have most of my stuff my keys, my phone and all that she's got to find it for me and that all plays a role in all this. She, yeah, she gets mad and tells me things like, I spent half my life looking for your keys. But she does it with joy serving the Lord. Work for Christ, not just your company, not just for the church building. Work for Christ. The Lord, the Lord Jesus is the one you're really serving. If you quit tampering with the world, if you quit playing with the things of the world, and you Focus entirely and completely on the kingdom of God. Everything you do after that is serving the Lord Jesus. Well, where's my reward at? Well, really, that's not a servant heart. But if you want to know where your reward's going to be, it's going to be in heaven. Remember when Paul said you're laying up stores in heaven? Remember when Paul said that you're laying up stores in heaven? What's amazing, though, is you read the Bible now. When the 24 elders in uh, Revelation 5, and we see the rewards they had. They had these crowns on their head. They received their rewards, but what did they do with them? They cast them before the feet of the Lamb. Amen? Now, the motive of whatsoever we do. Back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. Our life is to live for the glory of God. Matthew, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 31. If you would put that up there for me, please. Part of the problem we have in our world is that people think that their life belongs to them. And I'm going to break the news to you. In actuality, your life really don't belong to you. God breathed life into you. He brought you onto this planet. He has blessed you. He's kept you. He's sustained you. And truly, your life belongs to Him. 
Really saved and unsaved. The unsaved just don't realize it, but you being saved, you realize that. And your whole life should give glory to God. What you do affects others. What we do as Christians affects others. Now, we can say, no, no, it don't. No, it don't. But yes, it does. Every time I pick up the paper, or excuse me, not papers no more, I pick up a tablet and I, I look at Fox News or I look at, I watch uh, Christian News post a lot. And every time, is some other preacher has did something outlandish. And there, there's one in Mexico run one of the biggest churches in the world. And he's now received 17 years for his sins in the church. And I look at him and I'm watching him in this court. And he just acts like it ain't no big deal. Well, it was me that did it. It affects the whole Christian world. Got pastors failing left and right. And they think it ain't no big deal. Yes, it is a big deal. Because every time a pastor fails, somebody behind the pulpit fails, it speaks to their church. Uh, there was a, uh, it's a true story. Church of God minister. I remember I was in a teaching session. This preacher said he was watching the news years ago. And they come on the news flash and said that they had a situation where a person had taken the banker's wife and holding her hostage to make payments on the church. And it was a church of God pastor. He had went and found the banker's wife, took her hostage, and was wanting them to make the payments on the church that they got behind on. Now, he may have thought that didn't affect anybody, but here's what happened. That church went down to nothing. Almost evaporated. What was so amazing, the guy telling the story said, I was sitting there watching the news and said, boy, I pity the man has got to come behind him up with that church. It's going to be in total chaos. He said, two weeks later, I got the phone call. And you'll never guess what church it was that wanted me to come be the pastor. And he said, he told him, he, this is what he told him on the phone, I'll pray about it, but it's not going to take very long. But he did pray about it and end up going to that church and God restored it. But look at all the time lost and lives damaged. Yes, it matters. What we do affects others around it. Sure, God can change things and, and turn things around and bless and revive and rebuild. But why would you want to miss out on the good things God has planned for you by destroying it all? Ask yourself, what will my life do for those who are watching me? It does a lot. You know, you, you probably won't know ever know when you're committing that sin and you're coming out that liquor store with that bottle and then there's that new convert that knows you sitting there watching you. What about that new convert that's watched you going to that bar? What about that new car, uh, convert that's watching you engage in that sin or the things coming out your mouth? Will every word and action bring glory to God? Now, we're humans, and reality is we all make mistakes, but it should. That's the intent. Our whole life should bring glory to Him, not just sometimes, all of it. If you make mistakes, you're human. That proves you're human. And if you repent of it, that, you, that proves you're saved, and you're, you're wanting God to change things in your life. Will your conduct bring others uh, to Christ? Sure it will. You know, the greatest witnessing tool that we probably have, and I, I, I know it is, it's not probably, it is, it's not the radio. It's not the TV. It is when people see another Christian living their life. 
That is the greatest witnessing tool the kingdom of God has. When you stand your ground and you live this life, other people see it, especially in this wicked world. So, making Christ our Lord and transforming, uh, transforming our daily duty. It's time, folks, to come up out of this uh, sleepy... Oh, I'm not using the right word. Help me here, Lord. We have been asleep too long. There's a Greek word called hypnos, and it means to be hypnotized, and that's what the churches did. They, we have been hypnotized and rocked to sleep by the comforts of the world. We have to break away from that. We have to stand up. We have to live for Christ like never before. We don't get mad at the preacher. Don't get mad at the message. Don't get mad at the people around you. Ask God to revive your heart. Ask God to, to bring you that zeal you once had that first day you got saved. Do you remember that? That day when you first got saved. And boy, I love Jesus. And thank you for all you're doing, Lord. We've all been rocked to sleep. Let's change that. Let the Holy Spirit change you. 99% of the church's problems are, are direct. How do I say this? Are a direct result of not understanding how the Holy Spirit works. Before I leave, we're about to close and go home. Here is what's wrong with the church. I've told you all these things that are wrong in the world. We've talked about what Christians are doing wrong, and they all boil down to one single solitary problem, and that is because the church does not understand how the Holy Spirit works. We understand how to tell them, oh, here's how you get saved. We've got that message down. But when it comes to how you live your life daily, whatever you do, the whatsoever's, the church has failed miserably. We don't know how to tell people how to live. But thank God, there's some ministries that do understand the message of the cross. Are we perfect at it? No. We're never going to arrive to the day that we understand everything in totality from the Word of God. But we do know this. If Christ is not Lord of it all, He's not Lord at all. He has to be Lord of everything in your life. And you have to understand how the Spirit works. It is simply this. It is your faith in that finished work at Calvary. That message of the cross will change your life. Not only does it save you, it will set you free in your daily life. Every single day. This is why Jesus said this. Take up your cross daily. Now, we know, number one, that crucifying... Us will not help a thing. You know that me going up on a wooden cross and putting me up in the air and me dying there, it's not going to save me nor anyone else from a single thing. It would do no good other than me just being executed, and that would, that's all that would come out of it. There's no salvation there. There's no uh, remission of sins. That None of that w would do any good as far in the realm of eternity. So why did Jesus say, take up your cross daily? It means this. Look to what I'm going to do outside of Jerusalem. Not many days from now, I'm going to go outside Jerusalem. I'm going to hang there between heaven and earth. I'm going to pay the sacrifice. I'm going to do the work is what Jesus was saying. And I want you to look at that daily. Every day of your life, you have to look back to that finished work. 
This is not a one time at the altar. I accept Christ and what he did at Calvary for me and then that's it and it's over. And now I go read some book, The Shack, and everything will be all right. No, you're headed for destruction. You have to go back to Calvary every single day of your life. As long as you're a Christian up on this earth. And you're here, down here, and alive and breathing and taking in God's air. As long as you're here, if you want to live for Him in the power of the Spirit, and you want to fulfill the Word of God in your life, you'll do it His way. And His way is through Calvary. Take up your cross daily. And I can guarantee you this, a 100% ironclad guarantee that you cannot get anywhere else. If you'll do that, that simple faith, your life will be forever changed. You will be a victorious Christian. You will have victory every day of your life. There's a word called perpetual, and it means once something gets momentum going forward, it just can't stop. Uh, kind of like if you got in a wagon and got in it and shoved you down the hill. That wagon took off. At, that's perpetual motion. It gets going faster and faster. You understand the concept. Well, this is the hill that never stops. In your Christian walk, and you get going down, and this walk with God is perpetual. It keeps going forward, and there's no crash landing either. You just keep going forward and gaining speed and gaining victory and keep going forward. That will happen every day of your Christian life if you will simply have faith and what Christ has accomplished at Calvary. That's how it works. Now, are you willing to make Him Lord of your life? Surrender completely to Him without delay. Well, I'm saved, Brother Wilson. Okay. But surrender to Him completely every day of your life. Would you stand with me? This brings us to the end of this sermon. Don't forget to help us in our effort to bring the message of the cross to the world. We need your prayers and financial gifts to make that happen. Also, be sure to check out our website schedule and prayer wall at www.cross.radio. Power of the Cross Radio streams great Christian music and sermons all day, every day. Again, thank you for joining us today and may God bless you and keep you. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. Visit them on the web at www.cfministry.com.